Welcome back to the program, Dialed In Together. It is the 9 o'clock hour on Aloha Wednesday. And that means one thing. It means Maker of Kings. And we want to thank you very much for choosing us. Here on News Radio 830 KHVH, today we have all of our fellas in studio today, and uh, it is going to be one heck of an hour. Do not leave us. We know where you are. We can track you down. And there you have it. It's going to be a great day today. I want to start off with... Uh, Maker of Kings, led by Mr. Jim Keener in studio with us today. Good morning, my brother. How are you? Good morning, Rick. Loving it. Excellent. I'm glad you're with us here because we have the entire team in studio today. We're going to cover a lot of ground. Kind of set the table for us today, Jim, with Maker of Kings. Uh, Maker of Kings is basically documenting our journey from uh, young startup entrepreneurs all the way through the transition and growth patterns that are associated with business and the development of young men into the entrepreneurial world. I'd also like to put a sidebar in, and that okay. is if we have people that are dialed in right now, and you're an entrepreneur, you're in business for yourself, you may actually be an executive or a management within a company, and you're having a struggle, you're having issues, you can't seem to get a grasp of what's going on, this is a program for them as well, yes? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we basically have broken down business into a recipe for success a formula, if you will. And uh, we've we've developed a set of principles and processes and systems that have been appropriate and been working very well for us in Hawaii and abroad. And uh, it's our goal to share that with you guys and make sure mm-hmm. that we have that level of engagement in the community. And I think it's going to take a village to put this deal together as far as overall rising tide lifts all boats. And if we can add value uh, on, a, on a radio show, then that's what we're here to do. We hope that you'll join it. You can at 521-8383 at any time. Anything that resonates with you, if you'd like clarification, more information, whatever it might be, uh, the gentlemen in studio are here for you. Andrew Compion is in studio with us as well. Drew, aloha to you, brother. How are you? Aloha, Rick. Thanks for having us again. It's a pleasure to see you, my friend, and uh, expand a little bit on what Jim has set up for us today. And we have, of course, our dear friend, uh, Corey, and another dear friend, Rich, in studio. They're going to share with us some special things. Uh, absolutely. Um, it's going to be great to discuss like how we um, formed our relationship and how we got to where we are today, starting from the beginning and all the you know, re- um, apprehension from starting and just believing in the process to full-on trust in the process and excelling at right. the highest level. I remember last week, process was a very important part of our discussion. Uh, this week, we're going to incorporate the word success. Jim, I'd like to come over to you for a moment. When we talk about success, there are specific formulas that can be followed to achieve. Correct. So what we're talking about is developing an action plan. And we use the formula to success or recipe as set a goal, devise a price to pay to reach that goal, and be willing to pay the price. And one of the steps that's typically left out is the action plan, or we call it a critical path to success. When Without action, you can't accomplish anything. And so even though we're very effective at setting our vision or our target and clear and specific um, I speak of writing the end of the movie and then working your way back to where you are today. Mm. So begin with the end in mind, know where you're trying to go, and then with that, develop an action plan and a critical path to success. Take those proper steps to achieve that goal and uh, then replicate the process. So basically a rinse and repeat, if you will. Drew, it seems like that's almost antithetical to what's being taught not only in classrooms but traditional business instruction we're told start with your business plan justify where you hear where you are now and then where you're going to go yeah absolutely it's it's funny that you say the business plan because nobody really executes the business plan <laughs> it's just yeah. usually a piece of 
material to get funding or whatever it is to start a concept. But as my dad could attest, those things never get executed. A hundred percent of the time. You know, I have looked at several hundred business plans and I've yet to see somebody follow it verbatim. Mm-hmm. What we believe is prototyping is more effective than business plans. I mean, you have to have a business plan, but you really need to develop a prototype that's expandable, contractable when the market contracts, expands when there's opportunity. It's exportable. We can export the model to different countries. We can replicate and duplicate our processes and systems where ordinary people can get extraordinary outcomes. So we're, we're more of prototypes, less of business plans. Um, it's very difficult to sit down with a young entrepreneur who's never been in business and he tell you in 10 years what he's going to be doing. I don't think that I've yet to meet the man who knows exactly what he's going to be doing in 10 years, regardless of the plan. And in the funding process, you present a plan and it's up to the individuals to evaluate your model based on a plan without actually spending time to see an operating prototype. So we're definitely prototypes over plans and we believe that that model is flawed and we're here to talk to, talk to you guys about a different approach. When you do talk with young entrepreneurs and those who have either just begun or in the midst, in the early stages, mm-hmm. what type of reception do you receive when you share the specifics you've just shared with us? Well, it's typically against everything they're taught. Yeah. I mean, they're in the marketplace, they're watching videos, they come out and they say, develop this business plan, take this business plan, go get your seed round, get your funding, and then hire a management team to carry out your plan and this and that. But that's all flawed, right? You don't need to raise a whole bunch of money. You don't need to go into a tremendous amount of debt. You need to start small. You need to basically market test your product, split test it. We uh, A-B test, beta test back and forth to see exactly what works before we do anything. We uh, invest a, a small amount of money to make sure that our processes and systems are in line and that the market is available. We, work, we look for the size and value of the market. Um, you know, we've chosen to get in some saturated markets and some unsaturated. In the saturated market, um, there's already a lot of people playing in that arena. And so you better have a better mousetrap. You better have a better delivery system or you better have something that gives you a competitive advantage or you're not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to have um, some desire in the marketplace for your product. You have to see that you can affect change. And if you can, then you should. And so it's back to prototyping over business plans. It's back to people over profits um, you know, and, and show how corporate responsibility can really make a big difference in this, in this world. We're going to talk with uh, dear friends in studio coming back in just a few short moments. Drew, I want to head over to you for folks who are dialed in right now and words that are being shared is resonating people. And that's what I'm hopeful for. We have a bit of an epiphany throughout folks who are doing their business, but can find, uh, the better way. How do we connect with Maker of Kings. Yeah, you can connect with us on social media via Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or you could look us up on www.makerkings.com or call to action on 808-202-22 or correction 2922. We're also going to uh, connect with our dear friend Corey Cazares. I wanted to start with Jim and Drew, Corey, just to kind of set our table a little bit because you and Rich are really going to fill out a lot of the details that Jim has shared with us, but welcoming you, and how you doing, bro? Yeah, buddy. I'm really good, and it's funny because this one uh, hits home for me. We've been working on this for the last month or two now with a couple different things with Jim, and uh, I'm looking forward to shedding you know, my experience and uh, shedding some light on what I've learned. But yeah, dude, it's it, the planning feels good. It's the action that you got to get to, and we'll talk about that when we get back. Yeah, we'll do that together. Rich, we're going to connect with Rich, and glad you're back with us in studio my friend good to see you good to see you as well thanks for having us today and go cubs go it's nice to share the studio with the cubs fan there we go you know that first game yesterday in the doubleheader that didn't count yeah that didn't count the wind was up and it was terrible second game was fantastic exactly. right anyway <laughs> uh so rich we're going to connect with you as well when we come back 
because Corey and Rich are living exactly what we've learned in our first segment. And we'll do that together with our friends in studio. Maker of Kings Radio is filed right here on News Radio 830 KHVH. Back in a minute. It is Maker of Kings Radio here on News Radio 830 KHVH. My name is Rick Amato, your host. It is a pleasure to be with the fellas in studio with us here today as you're getting to know Jim and Drew and, of course, Corey. And today we're delighted that Rich is in studio with us. I'm going to ask Drew to do an introduction uh, of uh, our friends uh, Corey and Rich, a little bit more detail from what we've already done. All familiar with Corey, who is a regular part of the program, and please reintroduce Rich to us today. Yeah. So I've known Rich for about two and a half years. So we used to work at the same CrossFit gym at CrossFit Oahu. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd always do workouts together, compete against each other. And I was like, okay, he's a pretty cool dude. And then I noticed he would come in in construction attire all the time. I'm like, what do you do? He's like, oh, I own a construction company. And he's like, oh, and then I, additionally, I owe a beach stand. I was like, oh, cool. He's a little businessman. He's my young, my age. Mm-hmm. He likes food, all that cool stuff that we like. So we started hanging out. And I'm like, okay, he's like a good dude. He's probably one of the most giving guys I know. He has all the core values that are you know, aligned with our family principles. So I was like, Dad, we need to, you know, sit, have a sit down with this guy. Uh, sure enough, we did. Uh, he told me a little about his business, and I wanted to bring that to my dad's attention so we could see how we could streamline it and make things better for him. And so Excellent. that's pretty much how our relationship begun. Excellent. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Rich. Rich, how about uh, a little bit more about yourself, and then we'll jump on in. Go ahead and move that uh, on over to you. Well, uh, I grew up in Chicago. Hey, man. Yeah. Cubbies. Go Cubs, go. Um, and... Uh, when I was 18, I decided to go to Penn State. I graduated from Penn State in, with, the, with a degree in architecture. From there, I went back home to Chicago and decided I was going to move out to Hawaii and work with my grandfather for a little bit and start up a construction company um, and ended up getting my contractor's license. Mm-hmm. Started growing uh, the construction business and actually also got into a beach concession. Um, kind of started growing, moving forward in the process of you know going from a one-man company to a two-man company to a three-man company. And then from there, uh, it was about two years ago, I met Jim and Andrew, and that's kind of where the process changed, my life changed in terms of business and growth development, and that's where we're at today. Has entrepreneurialism been a part of your life uh, since you can recall, or is this something that's relatively new for you? This, I would say I was never quantified as an entrepreneur. I was more or less a Mm go-getter and would just find a way to win. That was probably when Jim first met me, he asked me, what's your superpower? And I said, people and my desire to win. So it's, and also within that process, just making sure you're doing good and being good throughout right. that growth and development, whether it be business right. or personal life. It's very yeah. important. It's a very important part of our, our culture as well as my culture previously. What's the differentiation of your view of business when you previously met Andrew? Oh, before Andrew. I Pre-Andrew. Pre-Andrew. <laughs> Pre-Andrew. Pre-Andrew, yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Those times, dark times. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. No. Um, no, it's, uh, I just I spray and pray. That's probably the best way to describe it. Um, I would go out there and i try 100 things and see what worked. I never had direction. I never had a plan. I had a plan to try and win, and that was it. And that's not a good plan by any stretch of the imagination because I can see what having a plan does, having a mentor and having the right people in place and putting yourself in the right position to win Mm -hmm. allows um, exponential growth. And we've seen it. Um, Just like right before this, I was talking with Jim. I I was so proud to hand him a plaque for 
um, us being one of the top contra- general contractors for 2018. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something, that's uh, an example right there. You know, right. That's proof that what we're doing is actually um, translating into the business world. And the decisions we're making are the right decisions. Excellent. I'm going to come back to you in a moment. I want to bring Corey in very quickly because there's going to be some parallel. But there's also going to be some differentiation in story, background, and experience. Corey, we know you. We love you. We've uh, become so very familiar with your story over the years. But in this particular relationship, describe also, first with Drew and Jim, how did that come together for you? Yeah, it's, it's actually, that's one of the most interesting parts is the merriment of all these different industries that we're talking about. When we talk about the business world and we have listeners that are thinking, yeah, but that's for their industry. Maybe that's construction or maybe that's real estate or maybe that's warrant. It all is the religion of business. And you'll hear that term repeatedly on this show, the religion of business. Um, where it came in for me is already thinking I wasn't, you know, an entrepreneur when really um, through reading books and talking with Jim and kind of just exfoliating some of the information we have found it. I'm, I'm just like everybody else. I have a job. So if you have, you know, if you call yourself an entrepreneur and you can't walk away from your business for, say, two weeks or a month or two months and it still perform, well, you have a job, not a business. And so it was a, a reckoning, a breaking down at the beginning, making sure that your ego gets broken down so you can be ready to learn. Um, and once you realize how much there is to learn, then you realize how useless the ego is. Um, and we kind of been dialing that in. But the action plan is really, you know, just down on the paper in front of us. We can look down. Of course, the listeners can't, but we'll make it available. Just being able to have an action plan because it's the action that gets things done. I think a lot of the times when we're doing these business plans, the the planning feels good. The planning is nice to do. It feels good. You get to, you know, try out a few options and and, and Mm -hmm. it's an ego stroking. It's the action plan that that brings in the humility, being willing to go out there and fail. Um, Be like Jim said the first time, be willing to get to know. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, there's just so much learning going on. But the cool thing for me is just like he said, everything integrates into the religion of business. From the conversations that we've had in the past with Corey and, of course, revisiting with Rich, there are those, Jim and Drew, that will say, these guys are on the road. These guys are on the path of success. Independent, architect, real estate. Hey, they're fine. They're doing everything right. What was the differentiation from your mind, and I'll come back to the boys here in a moment, of beginning your conversations and work with both Rich and Corey from where you started to where we are now? Well, I think there's a there's an illusion that the only people you can help are people that are struggling. Um, in these two situations, both of them are doing really well. Both of them are, are top income earners. Both of them are leaders in their field. But it's it's more about impact over income, and it's about so, uh, social responsibility using the corporate structure in business. So it, you know, it's a, it's a it's a development of an understanding that you can use business as a tool to affect change at a greater level than we're currently using it. And are you living up to your full potential or are you just doing the best that you're currently capable at with your current skill sets? And um, I liken it to, to uh, there's a lot of great basketball players, but there's only a few superstars. And those superstars are still required to be on a team and they still have to have a coach and they still have to have the structure around them to be successful. So if you're a great independent entrepreneur and you're doing well on your own, how well could you do with the team and uh, what's the difference between um, efficiencies and effectiveness and making sure that the decisions you're making are impacting others and are affecting change. And in our common theme here was to employ veterans. And mm-hmm. we felt that that was a huge opportunity and a huge challenge. And so that was our overall goal was to develop a system and process to put veterans to work. And so that's our common thread that, that bound every one of us together. We have just a few moments before the bottom of the hour break. So I want to go over to Drew for just a moment. Andrew, you hit, you're in a unique position because you've grown up with your father in the environment that he has lived for so long and has culminated so extremely well. 
but you're also in a youthful stage where you yourself are pursuing uh, the dreams that you want to achieve. How has that relationship been for you with your father in where you are now and where you want to be? Oh, it's been instrumental because, you know, there's a fairly large age gap between uh, my father and the rest of the guys he mentors. And Not I've, that big. Well, no, we're just... No, listen. That's that big. Take care of dad. Okay, okay, no. fine. There's five years of five year age Well, the thing is, there's a huge discrepancy in information between his vast knowledge and where we all stand. Yeah. And I feel like my job is to try to help bridge the gap by soaking in everything that I've learned over, you know, 20 years being raised by him. Mm-hmm. And uh, it gives me a unique uh, stance and position. But I'm learning just as much as these guys are learning. And he, he trickles down to me, and I try to implement it where I can and when you teach something you learn yourself as well yeah we only have a minute before the bottom of the hour and and I want to make sure that we spend time with Corey Rich Drew and Jim uh, on this particular topic but I want to get one last word in before the bottom of the hour with you Jim that is definition of term success what would be that definition Uh, well the definition of success I think is pretty broad, but the formula to success is set a goal, devise the price to pay to reach that goal and be willing to pay the price. And that pretty much sums it up. And then we can break it down from there. Okay. Sounds very good. Drew, I'm going to turn to you again. We always want folks who are dialed in to connect with you and men, uh, Maker of Kings. Uh, let's have that information again. You can find us at uh, makerofkings.com. You can also call us at 808-202-2922 or find us on social media via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're also going to cover some information that uh, Jim lives by. It is called My Constitution. And we're going to go through some of the elements of this when we return. We also want to share information about validation. Validation for uh, Jim and the entire team in this room of what you've been able to achieve in a very short amount of time that I hope will relate to our listeners who are dialed in together. So we'll cover some of that when we return and a whole lot more. I'm glad you're with us here. It is the Maker of Kings radio program. Right here on News Radio 830 KHVH. And can't wait till we come back with you at 521 8383. Thanks for being with us. It is now 930. Let's talk. Join Hawaii's morning conversation now. 521 8383 or toll free at 888 565 8383. Now, more of the Rick Hamada program on News Radio 830 KHVH. Discovering some of the news of the day, and we've been following it all morning long. The president has signed the executive order order to let immigrant families stay together after crossing the border for the past several days. It's been a focus of news information, conversation, and a whole lot more. It's uh, pretty incendiary, but that is the most recent news development. It is the Maker of Kings Radio. You're dialed in together. It is News Radio 830 KHVH. We have uh, Jim and Drew and, of course, Corey and Rich. If you're just joining us, we are having a conversation about the impact of process leading to success and how that is realized in the relatively early stages of both Corey and also with Rich, both entrepreneurs, both successful, previous to this uh, path of their journey. And I'd like to just come back to both of you gentlemen, if you don't mind, Rich, what has changed in your life with the application 
of what you have been learning in partnership with Jim Drew and others? Uh, the greatest value is personal growth. I've noticed since my relationship with them, um, you're getting pushed every single day. You're getting in this uncomfortable state where you are, feel uncomfortable, but you're excited for the uncomfortability. You start to notice yourself. You thrive in it. You're you're looking for that to be pushed. Um, and by being pushed, it's having somebody hold you accountable, setting goals and asking you, hey, where are we at? What are we doing? How are we getting there? What do you need from me in order to achieve these goals? Along that process, very few people have a mentor um, and a support team to be able to to be there when times go are going well and also when, when they don't. You know, I think a lot of people have that fear of the unknown there um, and also going down the path. You know, we're always trying to get better, always trying to get better. And as Jim always talks to Andrew and myself is motion versus progress. So you're going down the path, but, are, you know, is it just you're taking strides? Or are you going in a direction with a goal in mm-hmm. mind? Mm-hmm. And that's huge. Um, the The personal growth I've noticed in myself is going from a technician to a manager to a leader. Uh, and that was a huge thing that from when we were a four-person company to currently Jim has set the foundation and direction and we're starting achieving goals, goals and now we're a 50-person company. Um, that doesn't happen overnight, but it happened very quickly. Six months? Wow. Yeah. That is, that is yeah. incredibly fast. It's incredibly fast. And when you start thinking of that growth process, um, it's from goals. We set goals. We set targets. Um, and I had to transition myself out from a technician who was playing on the field to a, a coach in, in a managerial position now in, in terms of a leader, making sure that I can manage all of our staff mm-hmm. below us. And with addition to that, um, I'm having Jim coach me along the process. Jim or Andrew's there as well. We're kind of feeding off of each other on that peer level and saying, mm-hmm. hey, you know, how do you feel about this? And it's a great support system. And that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's all you can ever ask for um, in terms of a team. Great. I'm going to come back uh, to Corey in, in, with his take. Jim, define just a little bit, if you wouldn't mind. Technician, uh, manager, leader. Yeah. So a technician is the person that's doing the work. It's the person in the field. It's the person that is focusing on its craft. It's the, the contractor. It's the mechanic. It's the body guy. It's whatever business you're in, there's a technician. If you're doing the work, you're a technician. The second phase is the managerial phase, and that's about empowerment. That's providing the tools, training, resources, and support to the technician to dece- to uh, achieve the desired outcome. So that person transitions more into a coaching role, and then from the coaching role, you move into the leadership role, which we believe that you cannot manage people, that you have to lead people, and you manage things. So you manage time, you manage resources, you manage inventories, but you cannot manage people. That's like herding wildcats. You literally have to lead people. And leadership is is more about the alignment principle, making sure that we're all in alignment, working towards the same objectives on a daily basis to accomplish the desired outcome together. So the technician phase, um, it relies on trust. And in our business, trust is predictability of behavior, making sure that we can predict the behavior of the individual that is at the technician level. Um, there's trustworthiness, which is your character and your competence. Who are you when I'm not looking? And how well you know what you say you know? And then the empowerment, of course, is the tools, training, resources, and support. And the alignment principle is making sure that we uh, adhere to our family dynamic and making sure we put people before profits and uh, do the right thing. Corey, I'm going to come to you. Thank you, Jim. I'm going to come back over to you. Same line of conversation that we had with Rich. 
your thoughts impacts what has changed yeah. for you. Man, I was hoping you'd lob me an underarm pitch on one of these. That's <laughs> Dude, this one is the easiest pitch for me to hit because this is one of the truest and most resonating uh, characteristics of the things that I'm learning um, here working with this team. Uh, I had read the book before, The E-Myth, and they hit on it. And then when I started trying to implement it, it didn't really make sense. But the way I was able to understand this technician, manager, and then leader was the example that was given with Judy wants to open up a pie store. She makes pies. Her friend's like, you should open up a business. Oh, okay. She's like, okay, great. I make great pies. I'm going to open up a business. Well, she's a technician. She's the person making the pies. Running a pie-making business or a store that sells pies is much different than it is mm-hmm. to make a delicious pie. You're talking about business and bakery. It's two completely different things. So just because she makes a good pie doesn't mean she makes a good business person, right? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you have a manager, a leader. Where's the next place we should put a pie store? What demographic should we be targeting? Who's buying my pies? What pie would sell better in this neighborhood? These are all philosophical questions about the upper level nature of that business. So the technician is Judy making pies. The business person or the manager would be opening up a store, helping other people get a job, helping her make pies so she could grow. And the entrepreneur would be deciding where to put the next business on that type of level. Um, and these practices play out in any line. So our listeners, whoever's listening, it really doesn't matter what your business is is it just doesn't uh, and this is something i'm learning a lot as well is it just it, business is business no matter what you're in you're either a technician a manager or a leader and that leader is really what i think people want to believe an entrepreneur is i think at, in nature it really is a leader i know entrepreneur is like a hot topic right now right mm-hmm. you got all those pictures on the wall that say you know no one cares work harder hustle hustle, hustle and, all, and, and i think entrepreneur just seems cool right now but uh, like what uh, Rich was saying earlier, that fear is really what I've, I, I, I've, I can communicate with other entrepreneurs on that level of being a little bit fearful. If entrepreneuring feels cool to you, you're probably not an entrepreneur. Um, it's, it should feel like you have one foot on the cliff and one foot in the air. And the cool thing about working with a team and having a good mentor is they know how far down that foot goes if it falls off of that cliff. They've been there and they've done that, and that's the biggest part. So I really, it, what, what Rich was saying, I'd like to back on that as well. It's just having that mentorship. But if you're not scared, if you're not worried, if you're not uncomfortable, you're, you're probably a technician. Drew, is it possible to be all three? Can you do the work? Can you manage what's necessary? Can you lead until the next step? I have hands over on this side, and I'm <laughs> Drew. I'm going to do the handoff over here and come right back over to yeah, you, Rich. You, you, I want to hear from you, please. For only so long, <laughs> you only can do that for so long. That is something I I attempted to do, and uh, once I met Andrew and Jim. That was something that we got to cut this off. You can't be a technician in the field operating and then going to be a manager um, oversighting people and then all of a sudden decide one day you're going to jump in there and be the leader. There's not enough hours in the days and you will never be successful if you're trying to play all three roles. Based on that, I'm never going to be a golf tournament director again. Thank you for that clarity. No, thanks. Drew. So, okay. So yes and no. Here's here's where why I say that is because a lot of like the best, most exponential organizations, they started that way. Like the CEO of a company had to be the sales guy. He had to be the technician. He had to be all three roles, right? And that's if you're following lean startup principles, you kind of have to wear that role. You don't have enough revenues coming in. You got to play multiple hats. And then if you effectively set goals, which we're going to go over, you can you can phase yourself out of those roles and then turn into that leader, CEO level operator. Because it's just if you don't have revenues, it's you're going to debt trying to pay for all these people to do all these things when you don't have any business. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
Very well put. And the the wonderful thing that I'm hearing is the perspective, the differentiation of perspectives, but the commonality that is infused in all of you. And I hope our listeners are attuned to that. Listen, again, we understand that if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business person, et cetera, that there's a very practical application of the information that's being shared. But if you apply this in life, that's the thing that I'm capturing, is that when you have that dedication, you have that awareness, you have that purpose and that drive, it can be in your personal relationships, it can, it can be in a myriad of different things. So that's why I love what you're bringing to the table during this hour of broadcast. We're going to take a break here in a moment because we have to, because we're up against the clock. But I would like to go back to Jim for a moment. What I hear is words like principle, standards, integrity, etc. My constitution, would you mind sharing the content of it, what was the catalyst, and how it's lived through your life? Well, I basically had to come up with a set of rules that I was going to live by uh, through and through. And, you know, we all have our understanding of how to treat people and how to be good and do good. We talk about conscious capitalism. We talk about uh, corporate responsibility. And it just kind of dawned on me that I do a lot of business with a lot of different people around the world. And I, I really wanted to have a framework of of uh, a document that basically defined me as a human being and said, Here's my constitution. This is what is unwavering, and this is what I will live by. And you can you can guarantee that I'm going to live up to these principles. And by memorializing it into a document and giving it to people, it gives somebody uh, an opportunity to hold me accountable if I'm acting outside of my scope of the constitution. And so, um, you know, through through the years, it's changed a bit. And uh, even starting with the first one, which was I will treat you the way you want to be treated. It used to say I will treat you the way that I want to be treated. And then I identified the fact that some people didn't want to be treated the way I I, I was right. treating them, you know, so and how I treated myself. So I, I had to I had to fix that. But you know, having kids and being a role model and being in the business community, I think sometimes people think it's a win at all cost mentality rather than a corporate responsibility mentality. And so. Um, I felt that I, I talk about religion as a, I mean, business as a religion and uh, how we practice seven days a week. And um, I feel that business is a solution to a lot of problems and capitalism needs to be really refocused on why we do what we do. And if you look at the imbalance currently in, in, in the world and you look at how things are operating, um, CEO pays up above three, 400% of the basic guy that does the work for the company, like an employee. And I, I often thought, and I was explaining with Drew, you think that the CEO can make 300% more than the bottom guy and that other 100% could get spread around the bottom side and then now our bottom side employee is still making a family living uh, living wage job. And a lot of people said, well, isn't it the idea to return the most profit to the shareholder? I said, well, the idea is to make a business that survives over a long period of time so we can feed a lot of people for a lot of, lot of long time rather than just trying to make as much money as, as possible, as fast as possible. So I think that entire analogy kind of falls into play with my constitution. So the constitution's about my social responsibility, my personal responsibility to myself, my family, and the operation. And it lays a framework for how I teach and how I hold my men accountable and how they hold me accountable. So it's a document. If you'd like me to read through it, I could read some of them, but it's I, up to you. I would like for you to select uh, a couple that, that really resonate with you because, and I, I'll ask you on here, is this something that you would be willing to share with folks, perhaps even posting it where folks can read through in detail of what you Oh, of course, up? absolutely, yeah. In that case, we'll make that yeah, announcement. But if you wouldn't mind for a few moments, Jim. Sure. Um, I value teamwork, honesty, and integrity, but most of all, loyalty uh, is one of them. Uh, 
I, I understand that I'm not entitled to be successful and that I am not owed anything. Uh, I accept full responsibility for myself, my life, my family, my financial situation, and everything that happens to me. I seek to fully understand your point of view before expecting you to understand mine. And uh, I understand uh, change and the opportunity to grow that change brings. So those are those are a few of my favorites. Right. I'll tell you what, it's uh, – Drew, I can't wait for folks to be able to have access. We'll post this on social media, yeah, it, et cetera. Yeah, I've posted today. Okay. Can you walk us through where we can find Maker of Kings? Yeah, you can find Maker of Kings at makerofkings.com or, and in social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Or you can give us a call, 808-202-2922. We're going to come back with more Maker of Kings, and we're going to focus on those who are dialed in right now. We're going to talk directly to you when we return. Stand by. Maker of Kings returns. It is 947. waning moments of our conversation this edition of maker of kings right here on news radio 830 khvh jim drew Corey, rich i'm rick and it is a pleasure to be with you we i said at the break that we were going to talk directly to those who are dialed in today and we just had a conversation off air we could have played that uh for exactly would have been of such great benefit um how do we help people? And where does helping people rank in the world of succeeding in business? Jim, I'll set the table with you, but I'd like to come around to the fellas with each of your thoughts, please. Okay, we, we talk about our philosophy as a rising tide lifts all boats, and that if the guy at the bottom is not uh, earning a family wage job, then effectively we're not doing our job. And when we set out to build a business, we want to create a, a corporate culture that does a few things. The first is, is pay a living wage. So we have to build a model that can pay a living wage so that we can take care of our people. The second is, is how our people are treated and how they treat our customers. Uh, the third is a safe workplace environment. Um, that's super important to us as well as minimi minimizing environmental impact, um, uh, maintaining a positive role in the community, behave ethically and honestly, uh, work to employ veterans, and uh, equal growth and opportunity for everybody that's on the team. So those are the principles that we build the business, and we build the people-first model, and the profits follow that. Like I said in the previous segment, that mm -hmm. uh, your balance sheet can't save you, but your people can. Got it. Drew, your thoughts, expansion on uh, what Jim has shared. So uh, people are the number one priority in everything you do, whether it's like personal or work. Um, and when you chase revenues, you're, you're losing sight of what's most important. And if everything's taken care of in their personal life and actually caring about how they're doing, they're going to produce. That's just the bottom line. And they know if you care about them, you could, you can, you could see it in their eyes. Even if it's simple as setting goals with them, like going down and like me and Rich last week, we sat down with um, our team and we had them come up with five work goals and five personal goals. And we're going to try our best to hold them accountable and to make sure their work goals and their personal goals are both achieved. And we set targets that are obtainable. And timely. Interesting, though, that it's the co-mingling, Rich, that Drew just shared of personal and professional. In the minds of many who are in business, it is take care of your job. I'll make sure that you get your work done. I'll make sure. But when it comes to the personal side, we have various uh, uh, laws and rules that prevent individuals to develop personal or ask personal questions or what have you. How does that counterbalance? How does it work for you? I, I don't ever think you're going to be quantified as 
successful if you're not happy outside of the workplace, you know, your personal life, your personal growth. If you feel as if you're going to work as a job and it's not part of your culture and religion, you're never truly going to be successful in the workplace as well as the development of, of your personal being. Because um, at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is grow people. And when we grow people, we notice the value in that relationship um, mm-hmm. and they want more of that growth. And we're, we're always, when's the last time somebody sat down and said, hey, what are you, what are you striving for right now, Rick? Mm-hmm. What are you looking to do? Where do you want to be in a year? Where do you want to be in five years? Aside from you fellas, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's not common in the workplace right. at all. And right. the greatest thing is the follow up on that. When we actually say, hey, how have you been trying to grow yourself mm-hmm. as a person? Mm-hmm. You know, how can we help you get there? Uh, and when you start to notice that backing as well as the follow-up and getting these people to have the buying, not on just the company but themselves, um, you can see a real um, binding of relationship, and that's really what we're all about. Tremendous. Excellent. Corey, I want to jump in with you, please. Yeah, and it's it's especially important in, in the industry that I'm in that your people have a buy-in because there's so much competition for people. There's so much there's so many opportunities for people in my industry to just bounce one place to another and there's no repercussions for people leaving or bouncing or jumping ship. So when you invest in your people like we're all talking about today, in my industry especially and I'm sure equally for everybody else's, it's it's crucial. It's crucial. Um and Jim had mentioned earlier, uh the difference between being a boss and a leader. And if you're a leader, you don't have to do the, the, the crazy incentivation, you know, the, the parties and the, you know, vacations and the awards. And the, if you're actually leading, that's the inspiration that most people need. And the difference being mm-hmm. between a boss and a leader is that a boss pushes and a leader pulls. Uh, and uh, it's something that we see in our industry all the time, people jumping ship, but true leadership inspires people to stay and they want to be there. So you're not asking them for their buy-in. They're, they're, they're giving it up um, for the value that they're receiving. So it resonates with me especially. Excellent. I want to, before we go, and, and this is for all of our friends who are dialed in, please understand that we are only able to bring to you some basics and the time allotted to us, we're using as best as we can efficiently as possible to reveal the maker of kings, the philosophy, and the application that is found within. We want you to join us every week at this time. But I also want to let folks know that there is a uh, justification of all that we're talking about, and it has manifested itself in what people accept to be recognition. Share with us, Jim, briefly the awards that you and your team have received in a relatively short amount of time that delivers that confirmation. Yeah, so uh, Rich and, and the team here, we've been working together for a little over a year, uh, seven months. Uh, the awards that we received were from our first seven months in business. So in our first seven months, we were able to um, get recognized as a top top contractor in the state of Hawaii. Uh, we were top, top 25, uh, recognized by Pacific Business News. We were voted uh, top handyman service, uh, best handyman service through Honolulu Magazine and Honolulu Family. And we've recently been uh, notified by the Pacific Business News as we were ranked among the top fastest growing companies in the state. So that should, uh, that's coming out here, I think, this week. And, um, you know, it's just social proof that what we're doing is good. We talk about information, confirmation, social proof. And so we're starting to see those things take place. And uh, it's, it's very rewarding for the team to see that all their hard work and commitment and sacrifice is paying off and that we're all doing what we should be doing and we're being recognized for it. So we're greatly appreciative. I can't thank all of you enough for a wondrous hour of radio. Really appreciate it. 
to Jim and to Drew and to Corey and to Rich and for you who are dialed in right now, go to the social media sites, take a look and really examine my constitution authored by Jim Keener. And I guarantee you it will be enriching and will be impactful. Gentlemen, have a wonderful week. We will see each other again soon. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, gentlemen.